0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Raised to Empower podcast. I'm excited to introduce my guests as we're going to be talking about a topic that I actually talked about a few weeks ago in episode 35, and that's about expanding your business and your reach outside of just one-on-one therapy and exploring other income streams. So my guest today is Lisa Savignon. She is a licensed professional counselor in Colorado and Texas and a clinical professional counselor in Nevada. She is also a registered out-of-state telehealth provider in Florida and a registered yoga teacher. As a specialist in trauma counseling, Lisa works with adult survivors of chronic childhood abuse, neglect, and abandonment, as well as sexual trauma survivors. Her trainings include EMDR, brain spotting, and attachment work. And she is also certified in integrative somatic trauma therapy and dialectical behavior therapy. Lisa, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here.
0: We've been chatting for a bit beforehand, and so I'm excited to get to chat with you some more. You're very easy to talk to, so I I think this will be a good episode for listeners. I always ask guests just to help break the ice and just to get to know you a bit better and for listeners to get to know you of how did you get into the field that you're in? You clearly have a lot of training and and a lot of specialty in, in the work you do in mental health, so... Take us back. How did you decide to get into this field?
1: Mental health had always interested me, even as a child. Mm. And um, I actually took kind of the long route to get there. I, I had um, three of my four children. And my youngest child, as you know, because we were discussing beforehand, was um, born with a genetic mutation, chromosome deletion syndrome, 22Q11. And that led me to school. I had not started undergrad and I wanted to learn more about what my son was experiencing and honestly just communicate with his providers because I really mm. didn't understand a lot of what they were talking about. So I started undergrad with that in mind. And then I took um, a required undergrad psychology. I'm guessing it was intro. i do not yeah. sure anymore. Had the most amazing professor and instantly was like, yeah, I love this is, you know, I'd taken some, a psychology class or two in high school and loved it. This had always been an area of interest for me. And so that I, I, that's what started it all. I mean, I led into that um, while doing my, so I finished my undergrad Um, started teaching, actually, Hmm. and um, was an elementary teacher. And um, during that time, did my master's. And I did a master's both for school counseling and then the LPC courses as well. And then, you know, started working as a school counselor and was like, you know, I'm going to take the licensing exam, but was not in a huge rush. I was very happy in my school counseling position. And then at, at some point, my state had posted something about if you're, classes it wasn't even your degree if any of your classes are 10 years or more old you cannot take the licensing exam and I found oh. this out I want to say in maybe August September and I had until January for that to happen
0: okay. and so
1: I registered to take the test I feel like I got my date. You know, in October, I was notified of a date, and I believe my date was early December. So it was literally use it or lose it. And so yeah. I was like, Let, "Let's do this. Let's, you know, I'm going to do it. We're going to see. I'm hopefully I'm going to pass because I don't have a lot of time to study. And so I took the NCE. I passed, and I still continued school counseling, doing my hours um, to get fully licensed. I did some agency work as well. I uh, did play therapy training, and then once I started doing the agency work and doing that, the private practice feel, you know, the one-on-one, that direct work with your client, I loved it. Yeah. And um, shortly after I had my fourth child and, and decided, you know what, I'm going to do private practice full-time. And I've never looked back. I'm so happy that I did. I think the experience I got in education is invaluable, but mm. I'm thankful every day that I made this switch. I'm I love what I do. And over time, you know, I started out working with children and doing play therapy and over time found myself interacting a lot with the parents Yeah. and, and the more I did, you know, the more you, you get to know the parents of your clients and their histories and you start to see some of that intergenerational trauma. Sure. And I just realized, wow, this is, this is where I'm meant to be. I made that switch. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many years ago now, many years ago. And, um, I love it. I love the work that I do. I think a lot of people think it's heavy. Um, I work predominantly with PTSD, BPD, DID, OSDD, um, CPTSD, and, and I'm thankful every day. But I just yeah. love it. I really yeah. do.
0: Well, and I get a sense from talking with you that it probably is a better fit for your family's mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. too, that you have that flexibility with the private practice, yes. that having that much more structured schedule of the school system probably didn't allow for.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't realize, but working in a school setting is long hours. So typically yes. <laughs> as a school counselor, I, I put in 60 to 70 hour work yeah. weeks. Um, I usually worked on the weekends, in the evenings. You work most of the summer. People think we're off, but we're just working, but we're not yeah. Um, And it was wonderful. You know, initially I took my son with me as both a teacher and a school counselor. But when he transitioned in middle school and I had the youngest child, it just seemed like the perfect time to split. And yeah. now I do 100% telehealth. So I work from home. Um, my children are home. They're here right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, it gives me the opportunity. I get to have lunch with them every day. I get to see them in the morning. I see them in the evening. My schedule is very much um, coordinated around my family. Yeah. And it, it, I love it. I'm very happy.
0: Yeah. Well, and telehealth, my practice is completely telehealth too since 2019. And it that I feel like even gives more flexibility to have yes. with your family too. Yes. So absolutely. One of the things that we were talking a little bit about before and, you know, we want to explore today is adding additional businesses or additional income streams in addition to your therapy practice. So Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about how did you start venturing into exploring other options besides just therapy? The
1: work that I do is heavy, obviously. And so I do limit the number of clients that I see. I am, um, other than one insurance panel, I'm entirely a cash-based private practice. And I did have more free time. Now I'm doing my doctorate now as well, oh, but okay. still, I was like, okay, you know, there is time. I love podcasts. I won't lie; like I listen to them all the time. I'm a huge fan of the entrepreneurial therapist. I don't know if you're a listener. Or yeah, I, I think she's amazing.
0: Yeah, and
1: um, lots of I, I think it's Beyond Healing. I never remember if they're Beyond Healing or Beyond Trauma is the clinician one, but I listen to them, and so my interest first and foremost was doing a podcast. And I had no idea how you make money doing this or if it's even a second business. And it just happened to be, I had been considering it for probably about a year to a year and a half. And I saw someone post one for sale. And I took a look at it and the price was significantly more than I wanted to pay. But after a great deal of discussion, we got it down to a price I was willing to pay. And it came... Um, As a business with many pieces, I mean, there was at the time continuing education, the podcast, um, the website was no longer functioning, so I made a new one. And I had pre-existing Facebook communities and um, a very small but somewhat social media presence, and so I grew those, kind of blended them in together. And literally because I had it, I had no choice but to learn how to make a podcast. And I did that and learned how to make courses, which as you know, I no longer do. Yeah. Um, But it sort of just was perfect timing. I think it's something I considered. And and here was this option that allowed me to learn and grow.
0: One of the things I know I have definitely experienced myself as I've ventured into other income streams besides just one-on-one therapy. And I hear from a lot of other clinicians is what we call like imposter syndrome of Uh like, well, other people do this. I don't know if I could, or we compare ourselves to other people Mm -hmm. that we see are having what we think is success. Did that come up for you at all as you ventured into this other area?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, yes. So I'm very much an introvert. I think a lot of people don't realize that because they see me doing Facebook lives in my Facebook communities, or I think I've done some live stuff on Insta. And then of course we have a podcast. And yeah. um I I'm quiet naturally. I'm, you know, in session, much slower speaking, and um I spend a lot of time really thinking as introverts tend to do. And so when I got the podcast and had to record the episode, I literally was like, "You're going to do this." I scheduled it, I did it, and then listening to it with my editor afterwards, oh yes, it comes up. It still comes up today. I mean, yeah. I listen to an episode and I'm like, "Oh no, it yeah. <laughs> this doesn't sound good. I shouldn't be saying sure. that. I'm not an expert enough to be doing this thing." Um, and and as it's grown. The weird side of that is exactly what you said, where you see people who are, you know, they're kind of famous in the field. Like I love the entrepreneurial therapist. I think she's amazing. I would consider her fairly famous in her field. There are a few other people Um, that I I love, like the CEO clinician who is a friend of mine who I also just think is amazing, You know, has a podcast and a really big following and just she's so intelligent and has so many amazing tips to give. And I see that and I feel like, oh my, I don't have that. I mean, I don't do these. I don't know these things. And it comes up. And then as the community grew, because I started that community as just providers having the opportunity to socially meet up and hang out. And we started that group with 20 people. And then when we hit 50, people were like, can you make a Facebook group? And it's, we're getting close to 1900 now. And, um, you know, I go into that space and it's funny because people who've known me the whole time in that group will say things like, I see you everywhere. Someone said to me the other day, well, you're so big now. And I was like. The feelings that came up for me yeah. with that statement, because one, I'm not everywhere. I mean, that's just really good scheduled social media posts. That is nothing right. You do right. With me, right. You know, right. Y- you know, we just scheduled that and we're in session when that happens. Right. And, right. and then to hear someone say, oh, you're so big. I-, I told, I actually went and told my husband, I was like, you know, it's so funny because I'm on the other side of that. And I now realize you're literally no different. Than the imposter syndrome person who started this, nothing is different in my life. Other than I have a podcast, and I still have, you know, times where sitting in my podcast with this amazing expert, where my own stuff will come up, and I'll be like, "Wow, they know they know bigger words than me, and they are so much more eloquent than me, and um, you know, they have so much more training than me, and you know, my stuff will still come up, and then you hear other people looking at me and having that experience for themselves." And that was something that just for me, I didn't love for anybody else to feel like I can't do that or she's everywhere or she's so good. at. I didn't want that piece of it. And so I now recognize from the other end that it literally isn't that big or that, you know, it's none of the things that it looks like it is. But one of my things in my community is to talk, I interact with everybody. We have a Friday discussion post. And when people talk, I respond to every single one of them. I mean, there, I don't know how many posts there were in the last one. I want to say I did at least 70 to 80 responses. Wow. And wow. I, I mean, tailored individual responses. Yeah. I go into my chat and I communicate. I honestly... If people ask, you know, how do you do this? Or I'm learning about this. I answer honestly, because I think one of the most important pieces to me is for no one to have that feeling come up because I know how it feels. Yeah. And I know we, we all have it. We're human. Yeah. Um. So for me, I really want one to help someone else who wants to do this. I'm thrilled. We can all do this together. That's great. Yeah. And to support you and help you see what it really is so that it doesn't bring up imposter syndrome so it doesn't hold you back from doing something that you want to do because like I mentioned I thought about this for a year and a half maybe a little yeah. longer and very much was in that headspace of I I can't they're amazing I can I don't speak like that I'm not as eloquent as they are I'm older I'm I'm in my early 50s and I was very much like you know that time has passed um you know you should be focusing on other things and 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 also was like, you'll, you know, your podcast won't be as successful because mm. you see what they do, or they say these things are there. They know all these amazing things. And I never want that to come up for someone else with my sure. podcast. So my goal is to help them see here's what it looks like on the other end. It's really not that yeah. hard. It's really not that stuff. And you, you sort of, I think in the end, just have to jump in and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And have a really great editor who can help you undo the things that don't sound so great. Right, right, and, right. <laughs> and, and that's it. That's all it is. But I think very much for me, it came up in the process of considering this, in the process of buying it, in the process of recording my first episode, which I still remember. I was so thankful to have such a patient guest. And every time I record an episode moving you know forward, my last episode was me all alone talking Mm. about how I do my social media stuff. And, and it's not about selling anything. It's about sharing. Hey, here's what I, I love marketing. I I read about it. Here's what I've learned. Go use it. And a lot of stuff came up for me because I was literally like, everybody knows how to do this. I'm not sharing anything new. This is not, nobody's going to want to listen. And it has 155 downloads already. And I was like, oh my gosh, it feels great, but I'm still a little like, Okay, let's see. Can I make another episode on my own? So, yeah, it comes yeah. up and all the time in everything I do. And I stick with there was something I read um, early on in my doctorate. I need to find the research article, but basically, something that said imposter syndrome is not necessarily a bad thing and it improves many of the things that we do for me that drives me to continue learning and doing yeah. and asking. And so, for me, it does fuel my curiosity and my willingness to learn and improve. And I I think that makes me a better podcaster and a better clinician. So I use it in that way.
0: We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter comprehensive connecting effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. I remember even at the beginning of my career, Totally separate from side hustle businesses, but just out of grad school, we experience imposter syndrome. Right, that oh, first yeah. time we're told, like, go talk with this client. And You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How what do I do? Way? Right, like it's just me. There's not a supervisor, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, and, like, and 55 minutes. What do I do in this time? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like it's something that I think just to normalize that we experience this in variety of areas of life, but that doesn't mean we don't take the steps forward to, to do the thing. And I was actually chatting with a colleague this week about additional businesses outside of our therapy practices. And to your point that I think sometimes the imposter syndrome comes up where we see bigger therapist influencers, if you want to call it that, or uh-huh. people who have these really, again, like looks like a very successful business and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. I could never be like that or or I'm not comfortable being in that spotlight uh-huh. or or whatever it may be. But that recognizing that that doesn't have to be what success looks like for us. Yes. That oh my there gosh, are yes. other options to explore additional income streams. That do- it doesn't have to look just like that. Like for mm-hmm. somebody podcasting may not be their thing, but Mm -hmm. developing workbooks and selling those, then it doesn't have to be like this full-time extra business, but that it can be an additional thing that they do, that they find Mm -hmm. value in and meaning in and that they have to offer to other people.
1: Oh yeah. I think that speaks so much to where I'm at is as I mentioned, and as you know, um, I bought this business thinking CEs. Wow. That's huge, right? Yeah, It's so much work and and I'll be totally honest that that part of the business didn't make any money at all and when I bought it Mm. that part of the business had not made any money so you're talking it had started I believe in 2020 I'm guesstimating because I didn't own it at that time and it hadn't made any money and continued to make no money now other things I did outside of that surprisingly made more I mean way more and so quickly I learned okay this part It's a ton of work and doesn't serve me, doesn't feel good. It doesn't align with who I am and what I value. But the podcast, the more I did it, it it provides me so many opportunities to learn and interact. And I love it. And more importantly, the community. If I think about what my business is, first and foremost, which my mission statement says, um, first and foremost, it is a community. We are a supportive, empowering community. I will not tolerate any like nastiness, unkindness, shaming. Um, And I think we have lived up to that. I feel like I've been very lucky because we really are. I mean, the way that, you know, people in my group step up and, and normalize, you know, questions about burnout or have you ever considered doing something outside of our field was a recent question. And I, I mean, I, I think've I've just gotten so lucky because they, it's a community feel, even with 1800 and some odd clinicians in the group. yeah, and we have you know, the chats. So there's ongoing active messenger chats from, for everything, marketing, insurance documentation, owning a group practice, being a supervisor, being a grad student, um, being an associate or whatever yeah. it may be called in your license. And so I, I'll be honest in saying I, I purchased it as a as a side hustle. Admittedly, the side hustle um overtook my life. I mean, I was working typically daily until 4 a.m. And then oh, I would wow. get back up until eight at 8 a.m. and I was yeah. exhausted. Yeah. I did not have time um for my family. I I mean I saw my spouse, you know, in passing, but yeah, um, I hadn't seen a movie in I don't know how long. And so Making the changes that I did really served my family so much less than maybe it would serve, like it's not going to make a ton of money maybe that way. Um, I will look in the future at, okay, are there opportunities, maybe a book or maybe I enjoy teaching, maybe a small course or, but right now really and truly it it serves me as a human. It's a community yeah, of, some, yeah. of supportive clinicians. And, and I get so much just from going there and interacting. I wanted community. I made a community yeah. and I'm, it looks different than maybe what I thought it would be going in, Yeah, but I am so much happier with what it is now. I mean, yeah. I, I wake up every day happy, you know, both for the podcast, for the community and then for my therapy work and still being able to do all the things that I love outside yeah. of therapy too.
0: Well, and I think that, like, that's an interesting point to highlight, too, of that, like, what you thought it was going to be is Mm -hmm. not what it is. Like, that's been my experience with additional business ventures that I've had outside of therapy where I thought it was going to be one thing and either – the world changed Uh or my life changed, my availability changed. And I've said, okay, I still want this thing, but it cannot look the way that I envisioned it to be. And that that doesn't mean I have failed. It doesn't mean that- you know, it's not going to be that there's not somebody that needs it, but that, okay, this is an opportunity for me to pivot so that that side hustle, that additional business is more aligned with what I want my Mm -hmm. life to look like. I don't want to be going to bed at 4am and waking Uh up at 8am with a family (laughs) and then working a full day. Right. So how do I, shift my own expectations. Cause I think a lot of times we put our own expectations on ourselves mm-hmm. of like, it has to be this specific way or it's mm-hmm. not going to succeed. And so mm-hmm. checking in with ourselves as entrepreneurs to say like, is this really what I want? Doesn't mean you can't have that business, but how do I make it more aligned with who I am and what I want my life to look like?
1: Oh yeah. Um, for me, I know there are probably listeners who are like, well, wow, you got rid of the portion that should make money. It just wasn't worth it. I I mean, I, yeah. and, and I consider it such a gift. Like I, uh, two weeks ago before I made this change, I was exhausted. I mean, I still remember how tired I was. Yeah. Clearly I've, I've slept since then. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, I went into work last week knowing I was going to make this change. The change was not made until, What I think the beginning of this week, I don't remember when I finally made all the changes, but the truth is I bought it, like I said, and it aligned with the dreams of a human who created it before I purchased it and good for them. They were, they were wonderful things for them. The format and style didn't fit me at all. I'm very much focused on joy, happiness, making mm. space for fun,
0: yeah. um,
1: community. I, I'm i not as interested in, in meeting these regimented standards for every podcast episode because it was the podcast episode that just didn't work for me. I think it, it may work in other areas. I'm super fascinated by how we as clinicians you know, have joy in our life, make space for fun. Um, I, I, that's, I could talk about that all day, how we as clinicians build community. And that's literally what that last podcast episode was about. It came out well before I announced the change, but by then I had said, okay, this doesn't work for me and my family. This does not align at all with who I am. Let's change it. Let's do what makes you happy. And I made that next podcast episode and, you know, against recommendations of other people who do some of the things that we do because they were like well other people can learn if they want this if they want it you should charge them for it and i was like you know what i I don't care. Mm. Uh, I really, I, I enjoy teaching and sharing. And if I have a tip that'll make someone else's life easier and they're marketing on social media and they want to know how I do it, you know what? Cool. In 26 minutes, I can tell them how I did this. Sure. And I'm not really at this point in my life interested in selling that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday in the future, I'll do something, but at this time in my life, that is who i am in my side hustle is very much about sharing together supporting and empowering who i am in my practice is very much about being a trauma provider and Mm. i am growing in my continuing ed with emdr i'm very interested someday in the future in teaching emdr because i'm so passionate about it and maybe i will um but i don't see those two worlds colliding i very much I'm thankful for the opportunity to share what I know, learn from other clinicians who know more than me and share it with whoever's interested in that, whatever that may look like.
0: Well, and I think what is so refreshing in listening to you describe this is what's clear is you know yourself really well. And you know, like, this is what works for me or this is what I have a passion about. This is what I'm not interested in. And so rather than how do I tailor myself and move all these Mm -hmm. things around to fit this thing that it's in quotes supposed to be, Uh that doesn't work for me. So how do I shift the business or shift my own expectations to something that does fit me because I think whether it is in starting a practice or in starting an additional business, I think a lot of times therapists, we are rule followers. Mm -hmm. We are rule followers. And we we're like, we set this goal, right? We have to meet the goal. And, and I think especially we're not taught in grad school, like how to be entrepreneurs. And Uh so then when we get into that space, we like put this pressure on ourselves that we have to do the thing and we have to Uh succeed and if it's not what we said it was going to be at first then again it's like a quote unquote failure yeah. but i think where you are recognizing you're like wait yeah i bought this business thinking it was going to be one thing and i i realize that's not who uh-huh. i am and that's not what i want for myself and that is okay and because you know yourself well and you know your strengths in the side hustle part and you know your strengths and your therapy part, you are going to then only choose those things mm-hmm. that feel right for you and that are a good yes. fit for you and not going to then lead to further burnout.
1: No. Yes. I it, absolutely. I very much know what I value, know what's right for me. I did the same thing with my practice. and um, my practice is certain days and certain hours, and that's what I yeah. have. And, and I think like all new clinicians, I did exactly what you're saying. I, you I remember working evenings and weekends and all these hours that went the day before Thanksgiving and, yeah, um, because, because we think we have to, because that's yep. how it's always looked. And that is, you know, what we need to be doing. And so I assumed, because this is all I'd ever seen that this must be what I need to do next. Yeah. And, and with the second business, I, you know, got it and I said, well, this is what they've done. So yeah. I will keep doing this and, and cool, what they were doing worked really well for them. but it didn't take long for me to see. No, not me. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically exactly how you see me now is how I am in every setting. And yeah. I, I own that. And at this time in my life, I recognize that what's most important to me is that I do what aligns with who I am and what I value. And yeah. if it doesn't fit, that's okay. It may fit for someone else. And I love that yeah. for them. Like someone else may take that NBCC business and go for it and it'll be very successful. And that's sure. awesome. I I know what works for me and what doesn't. And I'm like, okay, these are the things that I enjoy. This is what I'm passionate about. Will it someday turn into some very lucrative, you know, extra income stream? Possibly, but if it doesn't, that's okay too, because I'm incredibly happy doing what I want and doing this in this moment. I'm exactly where I need to be doing what I want to do.
0: Yeah. Which is like the best, the best Uh feeling when it's, it's, it's alignment, right? Like it aligns with who you are personally, professionally. I'm so happy. Yes. I mean, you can
1: tell, like, I'm just, we even talked about it beforehand because I was sharing um, my son's recent illness with you. And I think a lot of people um, have responded with surprise with how joyous I am. And it's like, you know, it is what it is. I knew it might happen Um, for, for your listeners, just a brief Explanation. So, like I said in the beginning, my son has chromosome deletion syndrome twenty two q eleven, which means he has a one in four chance of developing schizophrenia. He's twenty four. He experienced his first episode of psychosis a little bit ago. Um, We've gotten very lucky. I mean, he obviously we had to treat that immediately. It was dire at that point. Um, Since returning from the hospital. We have, I mean, I told you the best prescriber. I love her. She's an amazing nurse practitioner. Um, She's been very helpful. He has a wonderful medical treatment team. Um, He's doing really well. And while it wasn't what I wanted at all, what I told so many other people who asked was, I think it really brought me back to, okay, what matters to you? Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happier playing Uno with my family, or um, we go get Starbucks pretty um, a lot. Um, I actually raised a manager of Starbucks. One of my children now manages a Starbucks. Yeah, I I love doing those things. Yeah. Those are what matter to me. I love being in community with clinicians in my group, and so um, I I changed everything to fit what 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 I value, what makes me happy. Mm. And again, while I wouldn't have planned it this way, is not at all. How I would have done it. Um, it all kind of came together at once and my son got sick and I was like, okay, we're going to change this. Not a day goes by since I've made that change that I'm not thankful. I wake up yeah. every day happy that my practice is what I want it to be, that I'm learning in the areas that I'm interested in. And yeah. that my podcast and community are, are wonderful, joyous experiences for me, which I know sounds like, wow, she's really happy. But I, I, I've gotten a lot of sleep lately and I am really, yeah. really happy.
0: Well, no, and I think, we have to make sure that our businesses and then our schedules are aligned with our values, right? Like mm-hmm. if we say that I want to work for myself because I want to have the time to be with my family because that's a value of mine, but we're just over-scheduling ourselves or in things that are not providing us that joy that you talk about, then what's, again, what's the purpose? And so you have yes. found the the places that you're like, no, this, uh, this works for me. This aligns for mm-hmm. me. And so then you're not feeling burned out. Right. Or you're mm-hmm. not feeling like, like a disgruntled self-employee, yes. right. That Like, why did I do this to myself? Because <laughs> it really, it works for you.
1: Yeah. And I felt that disgruntled self-employee at 4am <laughs> many times was I yeah. very angry. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> and now it's like at 4am I'm asleep. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it worked out really well, which means I, I do focus heavily my learning my I do consultation for EMDR, my doctorate, um those areas are focused heavily on the trauma work that I do. But yeah. I went into that session with such renewed passion for reminding me, okay, one to one doesn't work for everybody. Cool. Yep. Yeah. But for me, I love this. And it's not, you know, like I said, it's a very controlled schedule. And then I have the podcast where I get to explore other parts of myself. Sure. And then I get to be mom or wife or friend. And that's another part of who I am. And I think they've all come together finally, you know, at a point in my life where I've learned, okay, you can't do things that don't work for you. They don't make you happy. Yeah. So we're going to do what does work. And that may look different. It may impede some of my income, you know, in the second business. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to where I need to go, but I'll get there yeah. happily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for listeners who are interested in your communities, where can they find those? I think you've said they're on their Facebook communities Facebook, that you have. Yes.
1: Okay. So to find me, where do you find me? Um, so the, the podcast is now called real talk for therapists. The focus of the podcast is entirely how we make space for ourselves as clinicians in our business and in our lives whatever that may look like whether it's streamlining a system in your business changing things things up building community um you know i talked like i said i talked about streamlining my social media marketing or ways that we have fun in and out of our businesses what what we do um just to be happy to feel good because yeah. this is a hard business Um, I'm not selling anything, but you're welcome to check out any of these places that I'm about to list. All of the following ones are on Facebook. I have three Facebook communities. The first one is predominantly for grad students in a mental health field, um, licensed and pre-licensed clinicians, and then those who are in a mental health adjacent field, which really looks like just about a minute, RNs or um, physical therapists, OTs are in there. Um, We really have an interesting mix and that group is Very active, so we do have some weekly discussions. We have ongoing, very interactive chats as well in Facebook Messenger. That's Real Talk for Therapist Clinician community. Then if you are an educator, as I'm a former school counselor and teacher, I did have this group predating even getting licensed. Um, that one is for your school psychs, your school psychologist, if you're a behavior specialist in a school setting, um, teachers, educational diagnosticians, whatever that may be. There's Real Talk for Educators. And then I do have a newer group that I'm intentionally keeping very small. That's Real Talk for Therapists Entrepreneur Group. And I really played around with the name a lot there, but it turned out. So many versions of being a therapist and entrepreneur already yeah. copyrighted that I was oh, like, really? okay, what do, okay, we're just going to get simple. This is the entrepreneur yeah. group. So if you're yeah. a clinician and you you have a podcast, you're a content maker, you make courses, um, you're an author. Um, There's some YouTubers on there. I think there's some coaches on there. It's a little bit of everything. If you do something like that and you're looking for that space, we have the Facebook group and then we have an even smaller group who meets virtually um, about every other month. And we literally just support one another in this sort of side Mm -hmm. hustle area that we're in. Um, Talk, give feedback and ideas, share what we've learned. I mean, I mentioned the CEO clinician earlier, Kamisha Brewer, who um, is the sweetest friend who really will talk me through things. When I, I mean, she has so much more experience and knowledge that she'll talk me through things. And so that's what that group is for. You can join one, you can join all, feel free, check them out. Those are all on Facebook. You can find me on Insta at Therapists underscore. I don't, like I mentioned, since I just made the name change, um, I don't have a website right now. You can always email me if you have questions to info at realtalkfortherapists.com.
0: And we'll have right. links to those groups and to your Instagram on you. the show notes so that um, people can easily click and and find those. Lisa, it's been such a pleasure getting to chat with you today. It's inspiring and a reminder to like check in with yourself. Is this working for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether it is how your practice is set up or how your side hustle is set up. And if it's not, okay, what can we do to pivot? What can we do to adjust? So I I know I personally have gotten a lot out of chatting with you today and I know our listeners will as well.
1: Thank you so much. It was lovely being here. I really appreciate you making the space just for me to talk about this. Um, It's been a wonderful experience and um, yeah, I'll have to have you on my podcast someday as well. i love that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks so much again for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the raise to empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends and don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.